Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating FPL podcast. My name is Brandon, and today I'm joined by special guest Shiv Morjaria. Shiv, how are you? I'm doing great, Brandon. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? Ah, I love it when people ask me that, Shiv, whether it's you, whether it's Josh. Speaking of Josh, he's away on vacation this week. We're recording one day late because of vacation. I'm just back from California. Shiv, you're just coming back from Hawaii. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about who you are and why you're here on the pod in just a second. But what are we talking about today? Today, we are reviewing all of the uh, double game week fixture madness that is now upon us. And in the Fantasy Premier League game, we've got four fixtures left to go in game week 26. So we'll recap um, all the action that we saw over the weekend and where we stand with our game week 26 teams. And then what these recent double game week announcements mean for our FPL plans looking at game week 27 through game week 30, first and foremost, and beyond. So the goal here, Shiv, is to record a pod that will help us spin this new FPL fixture schedule to our advantage because I feel like uh, it's sort of like they bring the Christmas decorations out earlier and earlier every year, and I feel like earlier and earlier every season I believe the FPL endgame is afoot. Now, looking at game week 27, we're officially in the end game, Shiv. Are you feeling that, or you feel like there's still a fair amount of time left in the season? No, it's all happening so quickly. Uh, you know, I'm looking at a lot of people who are contemplating burning four chips in four weeks. So things <laughs> right. are getting serious, Brandon. What a time to, to invite a rookie up. <laughs> so you are a, you're a rookie podcaster, Shiv, but you're a longtime friend of Always Cheating. Uh, before we get into the FPL talk, who are you, Shiv? Um, I know you to be a Manchester United supporter. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. When did you start your relationship with the Red Devils? Yeah, I've been a Man U fan uh, since I was seven. Uh, the the handsome and charismatic David Beckham uh, was part of the reason that I that I made that choice. He's irresistible. In, yeah, he is. He is. I grew up in Kenya, and uh, you know, a lot of people around the time I was growing up were either Manchester United or Arsenal supporters, and then we got some bandwagon Chelsea folks. Uh, from mm-hmm. the Abramovich era. So I uh, have been a Man U fan since I was seven. Great childhood and, uh, and teenage years, you know, winning a bunch of trophies. And now it's, uh, it's time to be an adult and uh, realize that <laughs> adult club, life the, comes the, with suffering. Yeah, Right. The club's trajectory has kind of coincided with what, you know, the, the, the highs and lows of your actual uh, lifetime. So um, are you feeling... Ronaldo, uh, Bruno, I mean, FPL is a whole other discussion, but um, where are, where do you feel like the club is right now? In a good place? Bad place? In between? We're, we're sort of in a transition period, uh, and we have been for many years, but this one feels a little bit different. We are playing better football off late, mm-hmm. and I'm a bit of an optimist, so I'll choose to focus on the positives. We are playing better off late. We've you know been recording pretty high XG numbers over the last five or six games. The football's looking better and more fun. And we're certainly tightened it up uh, a little bit at the back, despite Harry Maguire's best efforts. So <laughs> feeling optimistic. Yeah. I don't. I think if we can get top four this season, that'll be a really good launching pad yeah. Uh, yeah. for, I mean, you, for you, next yeah, season. 
you guys are posting the points where, uh, you know, the pressure is definitely on Arsenal. You know, even though they have the games in hand, they have to produce the results. Whereas uh, you guys seem to be on somewhat steadier footing of late. We'll talk a little bit more about what that means for Always Cheating's favorite son, Jaden Sancho. Uh, <laughs> and, and Shiv, you're professionally an actuary. So I'm hoping you're going to bring some of that um, mathematical probabilistic skill set that we learned from Sir Talp Chai a few weeks ago to the proceedings. And I'm looking at your fantasy team right now. We're both on the triple captain chip in game week 26, but you're having a really good season. It looks like your best FPL season yet. It's currently sitting on an OR of 33,000 in the world. So how are you feeling about this season so far? Like you sort of alluded to at the top, Brandon, it's, uh, lot more season to go a lot of time to yeah. mess mess this up as i as i have historically so mm-hmm. <laughs> holding on holding on for dear life all right hold on my friend uh okay so game week 26 let's check in on our teams uh i went triple captain i had two free transfers going into game week 26 and wow i i live for excitement shiv i brought in two wolverhampton wanderers players i got in connor cody connor cody is the ultimate Brandon fantasy pick and that you've got, you know, the equally priced higher uh, non-penalty XG Kilman that you could get in uh, or you could go for the higher upside, slightly more expensive Romain Sace uh, or even the fullback. Uh, eight Nuri. Uh, I like Cody because uh, I love sturdy captain armband wearing players. So uh, I went for him and Jimenez. Great to see an attacking return right away from Jimenez. And uh, I decided not to burn any points. And everyone I showed my team to was just like, wow, triple Watford. You're still doing that, aren't you? And <laughs> I mean, just like from from your actuarial perspective, I feel like that must have been the right move. You know, I got Foster, King and Dennis. And I just figured uh, between those three players, I've got um six bites with the double game week i just didn't feel like there was enough upside for me to move any of those guys obviously they're not great for me to have in the uh you know in the coming game weeks but that that's kind of the decision that i made and then played the triple captain as was the plan on sala so i sit on 68 uh, points with nine uh, players essentially to go in the the remaining fixtures Slight green arrow up to 325K. How about you, Shiv? How'd your game week go or is going? My game week's uh, not as good as yours, Brandon. I'm on 53 with uh, 30 of those points coming from Mo Salah. I somehow managed to pick every single uh, player that blanked, it seems, because I had Cancelo, Diaz, Dean, Bowen, Cornet, and Ollie Watkins. So all, uh, all combining for less than 10 points, I, I think. Uh, yeah. So I'm hoping that the six remaining players that I have to play uh, will, will sort of save me here because uh, otherwise I'll be out of the most important league that I play for is the always cheating last cheater standing league. Oh, uh, yes. The people, the, the Patreons, they, they do love it. They absolutely do. Yeah, the, the clean sheet wipeout for Arsenal, you've got Ramsdale and goal. I had Ben White in the back. It was absolutely gutting. Anybody who wildcarded going into game, game week 26 would have at least two Arsenal defenders. So uh, with Arsenal then looking at uh, Wolves at home, 
in the next fixture, I think we'd all be pulling for a nil-nil result there and actually get the clean sheet points that were due. I had two, I guess, quasi-differentials. Everybody who wildcarded dropped their West Ham and Manchester City players. I mean, by and large, I'm sure some wildcarders kept somebody like Jared Bowen, who's just on fire. So I was really hopeful that I could gain on wildcarders there, but one point from Cancelo and one from Bowen uh, was bad, was bad. So uh, what we now had to think about uh, as we wait for the remaining Game Week 26 fixtures to play out is what do the results of this weekend uh, mean for our plans for game week 27 and beyond. So what were, what were your big takeaways from the weekend's fixtures? You saw Liverpool uh, perform pretty strongly in the second half in their fixture to keep their, their title hopes alive. Manchester United were challenged by Leeds and what was definitely the worst weather I think we've seen in 2022 in the Premier League. Uh, what, what were the stories that you latched onto this weekend, Shiv? Yeah, let's start with, uh, let's start with Liverpool. Klopp dipping his toe into the uh, Pep Guardiola pool and unexpectedly dropping uh, some of his best players with Trent and, and Robbo. I'm yeah. kind of secretly hoping that uh, Trent stays on the bench for this next game, even though I know it's impossible because there's an outside <laughs> chance that Livermento could come off the bench. Yeah. For right. me and be a huge differential there. Yeah, you're reminding me, Shiv, that one of my plans was to play the bench boost over the triple captain uh, because I, I thought this was prior to the Jota injury. I had double game weaker Josh Brownhill on the bench, Livermento, Edward Mendy in goal coming back from the World Club Cup. And I would have had a Wolves defender with a double on the bench uh, until Jota got injured. Still managed 27 points on my bench. So I, I need Salah to, I guess, get uh, get a couple more attacking returns just to make me feel <laughs> a little bit all. better about that. I mean, you, you can't really uh, plan for it. But yeah, Livermento is well and truly back. And I think he he will have a part to play in the rest of the season. So anyway, sorry, you were talking about Liverpool there, Shiv. Yeah, so Liverpool looked fantastic. I mean, they dominated that game start to finish. Norwich got a what I would consider a pretty lucky goal, but Mo should have really had more than just the one goal. Unreal. He, uh, yeah, he 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 looked like a man uh, possessed, and he yeah, I I agree. And I think anyone who wasn't triple captain on Mo tried to swerve there. Uh, we're fortunate. I mean, Liverpool walks away with only an XG of 3.15, slightly underperforming that there. But just based on Mo's uh, performance alone, I would have put that uh, XG around closer to five. Yeah. And uh, Mane also looked really good. That overhead kick was a thing of beauty. I mean, great shout by Josh uh, yeah. on last week's Patreon pod, I believe, saying that he was going to get Mane in. Uh, you know, I. I'm choosing to 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 pump jo- Josh up before I completely take him down with his hot take on <laughs> okay, on Jaden Sancho. <laughs> yeah. No, he's Jaden Sancho has looked like a man possessed. Uh, yeah. Probably a big uh, a big listener of the Always Cheating Pod and heard that rant and absolutely everyone himself, needs a little fire lit under them from yeah, time to time. Me, yeah. So let me prove <laughs> this American guy wrong. <laughs> yeah. So those who are just catching up to the world, the the Always Cheating narrative. Um, I think uh, Josh, our, our co-host, uh, based on uh, Jaden's performances uh, impacting the results of his fantasy players in Ronaldo and Bruno, um, felt a little 
uh, poorly towards Sancho. And Sancho has been great. And I think he's really coming into form. And I mean, if, if you look at all the other players at Manchester United uh, who are kind of like not stepping up, like McTominay and uh, is, is, is constantly a source of, uh, of uh, criticism. Uh, and then you lose Greenwood on the right. Rashford is in woeful form. It was there for Jaden Sancho to step in, prove that he was worth the the transfer fee that United paid. And uh, I, I think at this point, if he keeps this form going, we're going to have to discuss Jaden Sancho in our season previews next summer. Yeah, another another player rising from the dead is Pogba. He looked great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that he probably didn't uh, look great from a fantasy perspective, but he's really helping keep that midfield ticking along. Um, Fred scored of all things, so you know the rapture is coming pretty soon. Uh, or it just <laughs> he's got, tells he's us got, that. He's got a few of those goals in him, though, doesn't he, Shiv? Like, he, 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 he occasionally, he knows when to score, I think. Listen, I'm choosing to be an optimist on this podcast, but you won't catch me saying anything nice about Fred. Fair enough. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I, I think it really highlighted more that we should be targeting leads in FPL mm-hmm. because they are defensively just woeful if even Fred can score against them. Yeah. So uh, I'm really excited for the midweek Liverpool game and seeing how many more goals... Uh, Salah can add to his to his tally over this game week. How about that incredible, uh, incredibly horrifying and gory injury to um, to Coke? Uh, McTominay just absolutely laid him out, and immediately uh, the blood comes pouring out of the the poor guy's head. And I hope he's obviously hope nothing but the best. But it is it's just a continual um, agony of injuries in the defense and in yeah. the midfield for Leeds. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, McTominay, you know, you could make the argument he deserved a red card in that game because I saw six fouls at least that yeah. he committed and escaped with just the just the one yellow card. And yeah, Leeds have sort of reverted back to the Leeds we knew from last season, which is basically mm-hmm. the reverse Real Madrid Galactic, Galacticos, mm-hmm. which is, you know, those that Real Madrid team was like, we'll score, th- you score three, we, we'll score five. <laughs> Leeds are like, you score three. <laughs> Yeah. We'll score one or yeah. two. <laughs> so we'll talk about Leeds because uh, they have some doubles coming up in the FPL calendar. Um, so it's interesting. We're talking about Leeds now and how their defense is really problematic and and one to target from the opposing end. But we are going to have to think about Leeds from the attacking perspective because they can at least score goals. I, mean, I think I think Rafinha looks looked like he he knew he had a point to prove he he knew he had to come back uh out of the doghouse in that second half looked uh, like he changed sort of at least the mentality of leads for for the first part of that second half against manchester united i think daniel james continues to look pretty good so while their defense is is poor uh you know we do have to consider their attacking players everton if you want to just continue um with teams to target. Uh, what do you think about Southampton to Everton nil? Is it just Southampton are in that good a form or is Frank Lampard that poor of a manager? Can I pick all the above? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I think I, I led you, I led you there. I mean, poor old Frank. Um, it seems like uh, since he's arrived at, at Everton, they either win 
three nil or lose three nil. So that it's kind of, it seems to be a fixture based outcome for Everton at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to take away from Southampton. They have looked really good off late. Yeah. They, uh, they look like they're playing as a team and, you know, there's a lot of cohesion, especially in that midfield mm-hmm. and they're able to transition nicely from, from being on the back foot to, to going and attacking and getting the ball to Broha and uh, Broha could have scored uh, his form, uh, sort of like his his chin. It's pretty patchy, but uh, <laughs> okay. But he's probably the best of uh, of. Did of, you write Did you write that joke down, Shiv? No, I, I I'm coming straight from watching the highlights, and <laughs> okay. uh, I, I made a mental note that you know. That's Good, a, I like it. So yeah, it, it worked out nicely in my in my favor. But yeah, he's probably the best pick of a, of a decent Southampton team. We talked a little bit about. Livermento, and he's certainly staying in my team for the upcoming double. They have really good fixtures if you if you look ahead. So mm-hmm. I'm excited, which is not a sentence I thought I'd be saying at the start of the season. I'm excited for Southampton's next few games. Yeah, I agree. I've spent a lot of time like uh, razzing Hassenhutl on this podcast, and I I do have to admire what he's done in the latter half of this season I do think it's great. It was an interesting result for Southampton from a fantasy perspective, and that there weren't. There wasn't involvement from James Ward-Prowse or from Broha. You mentioned Shiv. Stuart Armstrong is a scorer of amazing goals, but just not the type of player that convinces from a fantasy perspective. Of course, Shane Long, um, uh, we don't really need to talk about. Livermento, I think, was the fantasy story of of that match. Then there is uh, Man City Spurs, which was one of the uh, the best watches of the weekend um, from a neutral perspective and I think from a fantasy perspective where we kind of didn't know what to think about Spurs, them losing three on the bounce and Kane has been, um, you know, he's, he's struggled all season and here he is with one of the standout number nine performances. And now we have to really reckon with Kane and son, uh, for, for these, uh, upcoming fixtures and, uh, I don't know what 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 were your feelings coming away from that City Spurs match? Yeah, would you would you call Kane's performance a numbered nine? It looked like a hybrid six and nine, and I'm not <laughs> going to make the the obvious joke here, but uh, he looked outstanding. He was playing center, defensive mid, center mid, and uh, center forward all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the ball in which he releases Son for the the initial goal for Kulichevsky was. You know, uh, we've seen that ball played by Kane so many times over the last few years. You've come to expect it. So that was the best version of uh, deep, pl- deep lying playmaker Kane. Then he crashes into the box for the second goal on that beautiful, incisive pass from Sun. And then just like a classic Chris Wood style barging header to win the match and in um, injury time at the very end so I think it was a a hat trick of goal involvements for Kane from from that perspective what a what a neat little bow you put on that Kane storyline um I really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed that Brandon yeah yeah but um, son, son, yeah, no, son Kane, I think is gotta be um gotta be up there it's like ceiling Kane Kane is fantasy ceiling and son is fantasy consistency and Son just is perpetually buzzing around the attack. I wish he would have had an actual goal to show for his efforts against City, but I feel great holding Son at the moment. Where you you don't have any Spurs players at this time. I I don't. I uh, I had Kane from game week nine, 
to 15, and you mm-hmm. got me, I think it was 12 points in seven weeks. So uh, it was a pretty messy breakup. Uh, if, we, if, we, if we go with the analogy that Kane is like a bad girlfriend, where sure. you know the moment I break up with him, suddenly looks great, posting pictures on Instagram and making me feel like I made the wrong decision, whereas I've been right swiping on a bunch of different forwards since then and haven't, haven't yeah. really found love. Uh, yeah. So I'm considering giving, uh, giving the old ex a call here and, and seeing if she'll, <laughs> she'll answer. Let me see if I can twist that analogy for one last uh, look at the weekend's fixtures, and that's Crystal Palace 0, Chelsea 1. And Chelsea right now are that pretty girl in school that you you acknowledge that they're good-looking, but you just don't really have any interest in them. And you know, I, I don't mean to gender this, this analogy at all. The good-looking person um, <clears throat> that anyone could could or couldn't be interested in Chelsea uh, by virtue of their recent blanks and the fact that they do blank in 27 even though they come back with yet another defensive uh clean sheet don't enter into our thoughts at all because again as I said they blank in 27 and from an attacking perspective uh they offer absolutely nothing Lukaku the big story from that match is Lukaku had seven total touches on the ball one of which was the first half kickoff one of the worst uh number nine um performances in Opta's recorded history um I mean the less said about Chelsea at this point from a fantasy perspective not really the better but it's not necessary I mean anything you want to say to refute that Shiv no, I, the one little saving grace I can offer is that he did have a shot that was turned in by Ziyech, but then that play was overturned for offside. But really, Always just, looking for the bright side. I'm, I'm trying here. It's really tough. Lukaku was actually one of the, uh, one of the uh, pretty girls I matched with on Tinder on my mm-hmm. journey away from, my <laughs> from Kane, and uh, obviously that didn't end up well. I will say, uh, you know, after this blank, so for people who are free hitting this week, you know, obviously ignore Chelsea, but after this blank, their fixtures turn for the better and they might have a double coming up as well. So it's definitely worth turning our eye back to them, at least on the defensive front. And maybe an outside punt on someone like Ziyech might not be the worst idea. Uh, it's, it's, It's up to your risk tolerance, I would say. Yeah, and if you look at the table, uh, there are four points clear with a game in hand over Manchester United to hold on to third. I think that people look at Chelsea and they think, oh, this is a lame duck team. They really have nothing to play for. They're not in the title hunt, nor are they in any huge jeopardy of losing the top four positions. But they are going to have to post some some points to to hold that third place there's just no way around it so i'm with you shiv uh chelsea is a team for another day soon so we teased this at the top of the podcast the big talking point right now in fpl are the uh, the double game week fixture announcements that landed roughly 24 hours before the game week 26 deadline and uh, what happened uh, in the sort of the visible social media world of FPL was absolute pandemonium. So we all had these plans that had sort of been percolating leading into 26 for a few weeks. And, you know, uh, Saul is coming back from the African Cup of Nations. He is heavily favored to be our triple captain option with these two plum home fixtures for Liverpool in 26. 
And then what happens is the Premier League announces new uh, fixtures being dropped into game weeks 28 and 29. Uh, and and Boston Prof here puts it quite eloquently uh, after this announcement is made ahead of the game week 26 deadline. Boston Prof says the Twitterazzi went wild over wildcard this week in a 24-hour period. Most of the big content creators fell into line and copied this strategy. Was this a case of them ignoring their own biggest advice to play your own game or were their choices rational? So, Shiv, you and I resisted this this idea, uh, not that it, it certainly didn't fit uh my chip strategy because I don't have any free hits left wild carding into 26 definitely uh, was helped. If you had free hits that could sort of help you play through game wing 27 and look to the doubles in 28 and 29. I don't think that this was an option that was appealing to you, Shiv, the, the game week 26 wild card. Yeah. I kind of had the benefit of one, not having a Twitter account that I check regularly and two, being on a beach in Hawaii. So I was you know, furiously plugging in uh, fixtures yeah. into my iPad while sitting yeah. on a beach, but I wasn't, uh, wasn't really considering other people's meta strategy. So I was able to yeah. avoid the noise there and just I, stick I to the plan of captaining the best player possibly in the history of FPL <laughs> against two of the worst teams yeah. we've ever seen. So it worked out <laughs> pretty well so far. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I was kind of, I was, I was at least metaphorically on the beach in the hills of Malibu and the meta strategy, as he called it, it, it was just too much for me personally to wrap my head around in such a quick period of time. Uh, um, Josh is much more adept at the quick strategy realignment, and I don't know where he falls in this hierarchy uh, that Boston Prof lays out or about the Twitterazzi, but Josh did end up wildcarding, and uh, he was about the Hail Cheaters Twitter account, suggesting that his initial plan of a minus 12 to bring in the likes of Veghorst and Mane uh, and triple captaining Sala would have netted him more points and, and put him in a better position looking ahead to these upcoming fixtures. I don't know. I mean, it's all it's all results-based, hindsight, whatever. Whatever you did ahead of the Game Week 26 deadline, you did. And now it is time for us to to um try to try to refine those plans and and see if you if you weren't paying attention ahead of the Game Week 26 deadline, what do you need to learn about the upcoming fixtures the and the the sort of like tweaked chip strategy to keep pace with your mini league or even get a leg up on your mini league. So uh, real quick, uh, we're, we're going to take a quick break and then come back and look at these actual double game week fixtures in game weeks 28 and 29. We should mention that Burnley has a double in game week 27 and which teams actually jump out to us that we should target with their transfer strategy. But with with as as you've come back to earth from Hawaii Shiv and thought about game weeks 28 and 29 in these new doubles has your overall strategy changed at all mahalo for that question brandon uh yeah no me planning i'm doing I, the hang loose uh, <laughs> sign right now i love it yeah the shaka um me planning uh, chip strategy is is sort of like that wonderful scene from the movie 21 jump street where Channing Tatum is on is on some drug and you know furiously <laughs> writing on the whiteboard a yeah. bunch of numbers and uh, you know he's writing out a bunch of formulas and it looks really impressive and then the camera pans to the whiteboard and 
it's just a bunch of fours and chaining just goes F you science. And uh, <laughs> uh-huh. that's kind of how I feel. I'm, I'm working furiously, but I'm not sure if it's, uh, if it's getting me anywhere. You know, we're, we're powered by vibes. I think that's the way it goes. Yeah, it, it hasn't. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a bad person to ask. I try to ride the, I'll, I'll do a surfing analogy in, in honor of Hawaii. I tried to ride the free hit waves a little too early. And I think we're going to talk about what your expectations should be with playing the free hit. You know, what's that that delta in terms of, uh, points you bring in on a free hit versus uh, points you might have um, by just taking taking a zero in a couple positions in your team, but uh, it doesn't change my plans. I am I am just heading uh, toward game week thirty uh, and trying to build a team for the huge blank week in game week thirty, uh, so I can survive there, and then we will trigger the wild card out of that. Shiv, I think we're a little bit aligned there, so it's time for us to take a quick break. And we'll come back and dig into the, the 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 issues around these double game wings. Before we take a quick break, let's just shout out the Patreon. If you want to say thanks to the cheaters and also Shiv, Shiv, we've got to cut you in on this this Patreon action. Yeah, you I'll can wait visit for my us. royalties, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your release form is in the mail. Patreon.com <laughs> slash always cheating is where you can go to uh, chip in uh, for keeping always cheating up and running and get more FPL content back in return. That FPL content includes an extra ad-free podcast each week, access to our Dean's List Manager of the Month Award, Slack chats, Mini League Mate Week and Review newsletters, and everyone at the higher tiers gets our Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt. Special thanks to our new and returning patrons this week. A thank you goes to Rowan Brunswick. Again, that website is patreon.com slash always cheating. Shiv, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about the big double game week fixtures announcements. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, we're back and we're here to talk about chasing these uh, upcoming double game weeks in FPL. Shiv, I'm just going to jam through these fixtures so that people who aren't aware of the bounty of double game weeks coming up are now aware. And then we can come back and go game week by game week and talk about the fixtures that jump out at us and maybe the players by way of those fixtures that we want to target with our transfers and our armbands. So, of course, uh, most presently, as we plan for game week 27, Burnley have the one double game week and Voot Veghorst with a goal and assist and max bonus in game week 26 is going to be heavily targeted. Uh, and I suspect not heavily, but widely captained in game week 27. So Burnley with that double, they are away crystal palace and home Leicester. Please note that there are some key teams that have blanks in game week 27 arsenal blank, Liverpool blank, Chelsea blank. Liverpool is of course, why a lot of managers are going to be free hitting in game week 27 because we tripled up on Liverpool for their double in 26. Now, just think about it. Three players on Liverpool. You've got three spots on your bench, uh, less your goalkeeper position. What that means is your bench in game week 27 is going to be chock full of Liverpool. Do you have enough other players on your bench to play a full squad in game week 27? Think about that as you're plotting your transfer for game week 27. And again, this is why people are looking at that free hit in 27 game week 28. This is where the new news comes in. Shiv. We've got doubles for wolves, Leeds, Watford, Newcastle, Aston Villa, and Southampton. Uh, wolves have two home fixtures hosting crystal palace and Watford. So uh, if you brought in wolves ahead of their double in 26, boy, howdy, that was great foresight on your part, because I think they have, among the best doubles in game week 28 leads. Uh, it's, it's the battle of the leaky defenses. There as leads are away at Leicester and then they will host Aston Villa Watford. I just can't escape these guys. Shiv. Uh, I mean, you've, you've, you're still on Emmanuel Dennis. Do you have any other wool, uh, uh, Watford players? No, I had to ship out Bachman, uh, from my team and brought in <laughs> yeah, Sanchez. Right. So real thrilling, content here Brandon truly thrilling yeah I think uh tripled up on this guarantee I'm gonna have at least one one Watford player left as we go into that game week 28 double they host Arsenal and then are away Wolves I don't see many goals coming for Watford um but maybe Foster remains Newcastle host Brighton and are away Southampton Aston Villa host Newcastle and are away Leeds and Southampton are away Aston Villa and host Newcastle there's that team again, Shiv, Chelsea. Chelsea may, uh, the fixture guru, Ben Krellen, uh, who of course is a must-follow on Twitter, is uh, strongly suspecting that the Chelsea-Arsenal fixture is going to be dropped into Game Week 28 any moment. So Chelsea, uh, this is not a double. Uh, um, actually, it would be a double for Chelsea, who would then have uh, Burnley and Arsenal 
Arsenal would have a double for Watford and, and Chelsea. So that's just uh, a quick update there. And then game week 29, this is where folks might be looking to uh, triple captain who didn't triple in game week 26. Liverpool again, double though. I mean, what do you like better for a double for Liverpool home Norwich home Leeds, Shiv, which we have in game week 26 or the double that they have in game week 29, which is away Brighton and away Arsenal. No, it's, I mean, come on. It's a, it's <laughs> right. a no brainer. Arsenal's yeah. defenses look better and Brighton, despite shipping three to Burnley to give them their first away win this season, yeah. uh, still considered a, a much tighter defense than, than yeah. Leeds, I think. Yeah, I mean, these are really uh, interesting, dumbfounding doubles for Game Wing 29, where I, there aren't ones that particularly jump out at me. Um, but just like, so we can quickly uh, run through them and then we'll come back. Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool, Newcastle, Everton, Brighton. Now, you say Spurs, I say great, but they two have two away fixtures Manchester United and Brighton. Uh, Manchester United trying to resurge and Brighton on their day, play tremendous defense. Arsenal have two home fixtures. One of those is Liverpool, though, who will be on the title charge. Newcastle, without Trippier, did they lose a little bit of that magic? They have Chelsea and Everton both away. Everton, you just don't know what you're going to get from them, even though they have two matches at Goodison Park with Wolves and Newcastle. And Brighton uh, also have two home fixtures, but very tough fixtures in Liverpool and Spurs, which gets us to game week 30, which is the massive blank. Any uh, sort of overall rank that I climb back, Shiv, um, I'm going to lose in game week 13 <laughs> because this, I think, if you've got uh, if you've got one free hit left is definitely one you want to plan for because uh, um Teams that the only teams that will definitely play are Wolves, Leeds, Arsenal, Aston Villa, Brentford, and Leicester. There were, are right now only three guaranteed fixtures in game week 30. We will be hoping, uh, particularly if we go on Veghorst in game week 27, that in the FA Cup fifth round, which happens between game week 27 and 28, that uh, West Ham actually beat Southampton. If West Ham beats Southampton in the FA Cup fifth round, then we will get a fourth fixture in game week 30, and that would be Burnley hosting Southampton, and Veghorst comes back into play. All right, so what's left for us to uh, consider after all of those matches? Well, once now that those double game weeks have been announced, we have 11 to 12 remaining double game week fixtures that can be scheduled after game week 30. So if you just don't want to participate in you know, this free hit strategy, am I going to bench boost in game week 28, etc., your next moment will more than likely be game week 36 when Ben Crellin is expecting at least half of those 11 to 12 remaining double game week fixtures to drop, and then we'll have more doubles sort of sprinkled here and there. And I think we can we can look to get creative with how we play our chips between between now and then. But the general strategy, it seems, is free hit in game week 27 because you've got Liverpool triple, bench boost in game week 28, then you triple captain in game week 29 with that Liverpool double okay so that was a lot of information to take in shiv how are you feeling if if just just immediately in game week 27 then let's talk uh in more granular terms in game week 28 and 29 is this burnley double 
uh, against Palace and Leicester anything? Yes, I think that Burnley can certainly do the business against Palace, who look like they're on the on the descent. So yeah. any any managerial props we may have been giving to Ralph Hasenhutl uh, yeah. from Southampton, we can take away from uh, Patrick Vieira because uh, That's Palace pretty harsh. Palace I mean, haven't been looking that great. I, it's one. It's like uh, it's kind of like. You know, in Space Jam, where the the monsters okay. suck the suck the power from the basketball. Sure. I think at one point, if we can dig up, I'm sure we'll find a picture of uh, Hassan Hoodle and Vieira holding the same same football, and and we'll see we'll see <laughs> okay. what happened there. <laughs> yeah, it's been a tough run. I mean, let's look at the last uh, results since they uh, Palace played Liverpool in game week 23, where they lost uh, that match 3-1. They were there was a one-one draw against Norwich, a nil-nil draw against Brentford, and then they come up against Chelsea. I mean, they did help hold Chelsea to one goal, and they did not have Gallagher in the midfield because of the terms of of his loan from Chelsea. But I'm with you. I think uh, Palace are on the wane. So Burnley, yeah, uh, they've got Palace, and then Leicester. They their defense is is a bit shambolic. So um, exactly. Yeah. So Veghorst is certainly in my thoughts uh, for week 27. I picked the wrong guy. I transferred out Jota for Cornet, and it, uh, mm-hmm. he didn't even last 60. So I'm not very hopeful on that front. But I guess kind of like you with your three Watford players, I'm forced to yeah. hold him uh, because on paper yeah. he has a pretty good double. Uh, the blanks are pretty interesting because Arsenal, Liverpool, and Chelsea, uh, maybe not so much Chelsea, but Arsenal and Liverpool, we were certainly holding players from whether it's Ramsdale or Martinelli like myself or the or the three Liverpool players so um, I uh, I don't plan to free hit but I'll get into why in a second mm-hmm. um, but it certainly won't feel good to watch my Trent Mo <laughs> Martinelli and Ramsdale on my bench uh, that's probably over half my budget yes yeah, it just doesn't feel good from a financial point of view all right so like the the real meat of this here gets when uh, happens when we get to game week 28 and i think these are i mean what do you make of these doubles wolves leeds watford newcastle there isn't a single top half of the table team apart from wolves that has a double uh you know, it, we could see that again that that double for Chelsea and for Arsenal, and that changes the terms. But right now, um, I think it's tough to pluck out some really exciting options here. Yeah, I think for me, I'm looking at game week 28 and game week 30 sort of mm-hmm. in tandem because, yeah. like you read a, a couple of minutes ago, Wolves play in 28 and have a double, but then they also definitely play in 30. Um, And just a fair warning for the managers, the official FPL site still has 10 fixtures to be played in game week 30. So yet another reminder that, you know, these folks cannot be trusted. (laughs) They can't. And and I guess by rights, uh, all of these fixtures could happen. What would have to happen is in, in the FA Cup fifth round clubs like Peterborough would have to beat Manchester City. <laughs> and and then there is a cascading effect. And it's like all of the Premier League teams who are still in the FA Cup, um, even if one of them loses to a minnow or a championship club, the other half of that fixture still can't proceed in the exactly. FA Cup. So the, exactly. the odds are really stacked against a lot of these fixtures uh, happening, even though uh, I think the FPL site 
gets by on a technicality, they technically could still happen. Yeah, no, if, if I'm, and I'm often faced with this choice, whether to trust the official FPL site or to trust Ben Krellen and, uh, yeah. In Krellen, we trust, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're a pro, pro, Cal, pro, <laughs> pro Krellen, Krellen household. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, but like I was saying, Wolves play twice in twenty-eight and then play again in thirty. Leeds yeah. plays twice in twenty-eight and then play again in thirty. Arsenal may play twice in twenty-eight and then again in thirty. Villa do the same. Uh, Brentford play in thirty, but who wants Brentford? That's so. Not me. That's so. Yeah. Three months ago, yeah. and uh, and and Leicester are the only other guaranteed side that play in thirty. Uh, but they don't. They don't. Uh, they don't have a double in 28. Yeah. But I guess I'm planning my free transfers around bringing in players who play twice in 28 and then again in 30. Uh, yeah. Kind of dead ending into a team full of mid-tier, mid mid-table teams, uh, and then kind of wild carding out of it in game week 31. So kind of uh, different than what the rest of the community seems to be doing. But uh, yeah. I'm hoping it's the right strategy for me. Yeah, and just to underline that, because I think that's exactly the way I'm looking at it too, Shiv, is Wolves, Leeds, and Aston Villa. Those are the three teams that you want to be thinking about for Game Week 28 who also are guaranteed to play in Game Week 30. So you've got to... And I'd I'd add Arsenal to that too, because they could double in 28, but then they also guarantee double in 29. So if you're using, if you're navigating these murky waters with with just the... Uh, free transfer as your yeah. goggles, as your metaphorical goggles. Uh, yeah. That's not a bad way to go. And we've been avoiding that Arsenal conversation because they do blank in game week 27. But once once we clear the game week 27 deadline, then all bets are off with Arsenal. And um, we can just sort of like, uh, we, we can start bringing in their players again. So I agree, transfer exactly. policy for game week 28 and beyond is 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 looking at Lacazette, looking at Saka, looking at Smith Rowe, depending on um, how his form and minutes coincide with Martinelli. So I mean, Smith Rowe just like, I think it's nine goals on the season, Shiv, and um, that guy doesn't need form at all. He just, he's just a baller. And the worst thing Martinelli could have done for his uh his season's performance at Arsenal was get that double yellow last week. It's like is Smith Rowe is the type of player. Like if he gets the, that starting berth, he's going to do whatever he can to hang on to it. So you're a Martinelli ownership. What's, what's the plan there? Just hang on and hope it works out. Yeah. We'll, we'll see midweek uh, mm-hmm. because Martinelli's eligible to return midweek. And so if yeah. he gets his starting spot back, then it's a pr- pretty clear indicator that, uh, Arteta intends to start him over the yeah. next few weeks as well, or or yeah. so I hope. Um, yeah, yeah I, I I don't understand Smith Rowe's minutes at all because of those nine goals, how many came from the bench? They it seems <laughs> like few. he's uh, he's he's one of those players that you know everyone's calling for him to just kind of get more game time. It's kind of yeah. like what Greenwood was like a couple of seasons ago for Manchester United, and and Ole just wouldn't play him enough and. When he did, he he did almost certainly reap the rewards every time. Yeah, I mean this this is the, the Arsenal is turning into Manchester City light uh, emphasis on light from a <laughs> fantasy perspective because it's really difficult to uh, predict where the attacking points are going to come from from this team. Saka and Smith Rowe, we mentioned Lacazette. Uh, you know he's not the ideal number nine, but he 
week over week can tick along like like probably he's not performing at his price tag in fantasy but when when needs must when we're talking about all these teams blanking in game week 30 a player like Lacazette becomes eminently more appealing so that that brings our yeah, arsenal I mean, again uh, Pe- sorry go ahead yeah what were you our, gonna say Arteta sure. or uh, or Pep Jr. in this case is uh, is really relying on that boom shaka saka laka uh combination you've got the yellow card the assist and the goal if that happens arsenal uh almost guaranteed to win bit of a slingshot approach there so arsenal double uh again they so they could they they definitely have a double in game week 29 possibly in 28 their stock is rising in game week 29 it's two home fixtures for arsenal lester uh with villa if you're if you're done with your talking points on 28 interested in your thoughts in game week 29 yeah, 29 is is interesting, and I'm thinking about loading up on Spurs players now with my free transfers uh, because of that prime 29 fixture, but also the great fixture they have against uh, Leeds this week. So yeah. uh, lots of lots of goals uh, to be had there. I know you mentioned that Manchester United and Brighton are not the most ideal fixtures for Tottenham in game yeah. week 29, but... As long as Harry Maguire continues to hold down a starting spot in that team, I think Manchester yeah. United are good to concede at least one goal per game. Uh, this is why I haven't had a United defender all season, because just watching them, you know that they're prone to one or two big errors, and then the yeah. game, the result comes down to whether the opposition can capitalize on those big errors, and a lot of times they can because they're professional players. Tell me what's wrong with Harry Maguire, Shiv. What's his problem? Oh man, where do I start? Uh, is he is he too he, big, too slow, too he's, dumb? Uh, he's slow and not nimble enough. You know, you, uh-huh. if 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 you're gonna be a bigger center back who who thinks that their only job is to to score goals. I uh-huh. mean, did you see that ridiculous England celebration that he did yeah. when when he's putting his he's doing that dumb yeah. cupping cupping sure. his ears like hey i can't hear the haters now it's like the haters have not been telling you to go score more headers harry (laughs) they've been trying to tell you to defend better yeah not Um, get skinned alive by some of the worst players in the premier league and i think when he scored his header against leeds it was a similar celebration there was no ear cupping but he celebrated like you see um i'm putting i'm putting some poor performances behind me it all it all begins anew right at this moment and then they go and concede two very quick fire goals at the start of the second half i think yeah as soon as rafinha came on they leads turned it on and and you could tell that maguire was just not ready to deal with uh yeah. to deal with that so okay so but but the point you were making there is you're you're still hot is tottenham, on Spurs. tottenham is good yeah I'm, I'm, I'm like i said i'm going back to that to that x uh with mm-hmm. with kane i'm strongly considering him uh, okay. Arsenal's fixtures look really good for a 29 as well. Uh, home Liverpool is not one that particularly scares me, especially if you know Liverpool continue to concede XG at the rate that they that they have been. If they can concede to Norwich, uh, you know who knows what can happen. And home yeah. Leicester is is the tasty one. So for anyone who brought in Saka this week, I'm really envious because he looked uh, outstanding. Everything they Everything good that came from this weekend came from that right-hand side that he was operating on. And then the, the Liverpool double is, is, is also tasty. So uh, even though Arsenal's defense has not been terrible, 
yeah. Liverpool is by far the best attacking side in the league right now, in my opinion. So um, expect expect Mo to haul. And, and certainly if you didn't use your triple captain on Mo uh, for game week 26, then 29 seems like the next best, uh, next best opportunity to do so. Yeah. I don't think I'm touching Newcastle. So Newcastle is interesting because they play Chelsea away and Everton away. And Everton, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. certainly susceptible to concede three in any, any given game. Sure. Uh, so Willock becomes a little bit tempting after his uh, return to form this weekend. He's looking like the Willock of old. So mm-hmm. that, that might be an interesting option. But besides that, I don't see a single Newcastle player that I'd be interested in in that, in that double. Do you? <sighs> I mean, I I really think that I I'm I'm pinning the Newcastle sort of resurgence on the signing of Kieran Trippier and the uh, the broken foot and him being ruled out for an extended period of time. I think it's going to be damaging to. I mean, new I I believe Newcastle will finish the season and they'll be I comfortable is a is a is a strong word, but I think they're safe. They they have enough to do it. I don't think they'll get Brentford will sooner get dragged into the relegation scrap than Newcastle would. So they kind of fall into this dark void for fantasy where they're a team that have opportunity to uh to bring in some FPL returns, uh, but they don't really inspire me to do so. Uh, I don't think there's huge upside. I don't see them as a team that's uh, that you remember when when Genie Wijnaldum played for for Newcastle and once scored four goals. As good as Alan Saint Maximin is, I do not believe that he will put up a performance uh, of the caliber that uh, uh, that's going to justify you giving one of your fantasy spots to Newcastle. And, and that's really that's a really negative approach to Newcastle. And I. You know, I feel like Josh and I are constantly trying to um, qualify our Newcastle arguments on this podcast because there's just such a hard team to talk about right now for so many reasons. And I think because they are such a long-standing top-flight club with a rich history of success and more recently of uh, the failure, honestly, um, and poor, poor uh, ownership. They're just a really hard team to talk about in a no-nonsense sort of way. But I think my my general feeling right now is they're a bit of a black hole yeah, for no, fantasy. I think I think Newcastle will become a lot more appealing next season when they have Mbappe and uh, and the likes lining up. Yeah, I mean, I I think that there could be a a realistic fun transfer window for Newcastle over the summer, and I it could be I, there there are great times to come. For, for that club, for sure. Okay, so we've kind of been like peppering this fixture talk with chip strategy. Uh, and because you and I, Shiv, are not in this wild card flipping into free hit for 27, flipping into bench boost for 28 strategy zone, we still have to address that. So, uh, again, that is the plan for folks who um, are immediately looking to play chips in game week 27. It's a free hit in 27, optimizing yourself for a bench boost with as many doublers as you can for 28, and then you triple captain, probably Mo Salah, in game week 29. Maybe if you've got two free hits, you play your second free hit chip in game week 30. 
uh, because of those blanks. See, the problem with that approach for me is that by the time you come out of it in game week 31, your squad will be full of players who played twice in game week 28. And those are mid-tier teams. You know, I mean, Liverpool, for example, don't play twice in 28. So if you're bench boosting, you know, do you sacrifice a third Liverpool spot for someone from Newcastle or Watford? I don't, I don't think so. So yeah. my, my issue with the sort of meta approach of wildcarding into a team that looks good for this immediate upcoming stretch is that then you still have that team come game week 31. Whereas yeah. I want to sort of optimize for this period using my free transfers and then come out of, come into game week 31 with a fresh new start to life uh, and I'll sort of tackle the next eight weeks as we go along. And I'll save yeah. my bench boost chip for this uh, mythical game week 36 double. Yeah, yeah game week 36 seems pr- pretty bankable. Um, but if you look at the teams who yet to have, they, they still need doubles to be rescheduled. You're looking at Spurs and Arsenal, that North London derby needs to be rescheduled. Aston Villa to host Burnley. Uh, Everton have a few doubles left, as do Leicester. And then Norwich and Chelsea. So it is a very much a mixed bag. So like, if you think about us being a little uh, sour on the caliber of fixtures for game weeks 28 and 29, well, you know, it's not like there's much better on offer to come. That might change with how the FA Cup uh, results shake out. But um, I'm excited for you to get in uh, Brandon Williams from, from Norwich, and then you can root for your namesake in that game week 36 double. I mean, why not? But Brand, let's let's go, Brandon. As all the <laughs> cool kids say now. Cool is um, one word to describe the, those yeah, kids, yeah. Brandon. Yeah, very much so. Uh, we've got a couple questions here where FPL wannabe asks: Is there a difference between those with one and two free hits available? So, if you have two free hits, answer is pretty uncomplicated, and that you can look to optimize for game weeks twenty-seven and the big blank in game week 30. Very cut and dry. Shiv, if you had just one free hit to play, uh, would you look to free hit in 27 and hang on to those Liverpool players and then muddle through to try and cobble a full squad together for game week 30? Or would you save that one free hit for game week 30 and try to muddle through game week 27? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in that exact position. I have, yeah. uh, I have a free hit left, and I'm strongly considering playing it this week because I would like to get a bunch of players in. Uh, you know, uh, ideally, I'd have three Spurs, three City, three Burnley, uh, one United player, and then Jared Bowen uh, yeah. this week. The reason I said earlier that I'm not, I'm, I'm, the thing that's holding me back from free hitting this week is that I would like to have those three Spurs players in my team going forward too. So mm-hmm. I don't want to have them for just this week. So I'm strongly considering using my free transfers to get them in and then you know, not optimize the, the Burnley side or the City side of the equation. Um, but I, I need to do some hard thinking on that. But yeah. like you and I have talked about, I don't think I'm free hitting in 30. If I, if I were to play the free hit, it would be this week or some other future game week down the road. How about you, yeah. Brandon? Yeah, uh, similar. I like the idea of kind of just building toward game week 30, which is going to be, um, it's just going to be a bloodbath uh, for a lot of managers and 
the ability for us to wildcard out of game week 30 is is really the only get out of jail card that we that we have um i i think this is just going to be a huge test it's going to the the next few weeks we've got a question here from harbor boy who says how do we avoid double game week fear of missing out dgw fomo when you see everyone has lots of double game week players each week, you don't want to miss out. So you get tempted to ditch Cancelo and Bruno, et cetera. People are getting in players like Tarkowski and McNeil. This is like the gauntlet of game weeks 27 through 30. I think it's going to be something that we for seasons to come can reflect back on because there is always the argument of, in the massive double game weeks, you lose sight of the ideal single game week players, right? Shiv, you've surely had a double game week where you jettisoned a good player with a single game week and and they actually had some decent points returns, but you opted for the double game week player. Yeah, flashback to taking a hit to bring in Leroy Sané to triple captain him yeah. and uh, right. him playing and only getting one point. Don't, uh, this is very traumatic for me to discuss on live on the pod brandon yeah um but no for for harbor boy you know i take a you know lock yourself in the bathroom for a few minutes take a hard long look in the mirror and think to yourself you know am i going to feel good if i dropped Cancelo for tarkowski or bruno (laughs) for mcneil yeah uh sometimes we just need a a little reset and splash of water on the face maybe uh maybe brush your teeth or something and and just refocus and and think meta you know this is not gonna Ah, that, that's a that's a good life advice, right? Brush your teeth. I be dental dental hygiene is, is the cornerstone of any. <laughs> Just great step away from the computer. You know, don't don't too, yeah. pay too much attention. Take a yeah. second and, and and take a deep breath and look back at 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 the bigger picture. Yeah, you you yeah. Bruno and McNeil are not on the same page. So a, a single Bruno week is worth two, at least two weeks from Dwight McNeil. As somebody who's not going to be chasing a lot of double game weeks, I I appreciate this because, and, and it's helpful to remember that the non-double game weekers are like KDB. They are Cancelo. They're um, Manchester City and some weeks Liverpool. Some of the, sometimes the best players in the fantasy game. So it's not like you're going to be going into these double game weeks with single game weekers that have no potential to to match. So there is the theory of um, missing out on single game weekers on double game weekers that is going to be proven over the next three weeks, game weeks. There is also the theory of regardless of who the single game weekers are, double game weeks are your chief moment in the season to gain ground on your mini league rivals, to gain ground on OR rank, regardless of, of, how good these players are like Josh is still dining out on a late season game week. He had where he had Christian Benteke for Villa and Charlie Austin for QPR. And he uh, exploded uh, beyond uh, a mini league rival uh, to, to win the season. It can be done. So it's just like rival uh, theories of the, uh, the potential of a double game weaker, no matter how poor their team might be versus the potential of a single game weaker. And we can't, we can't really predict. Uh, we just have to monitor. I think the way it, it, you approach it with these lower table teams is you really have to monitor the form. Broha, I think is an, is an ideal example of this where, 
uh, where if Southampton and Broha weren't in as good a form as they are, then maybe it's less of a conversation. If you go back to that example of Josh having Charlie Austin and Christian Benteke, those players were in decent enough form for that to be uh, a decent enough punt. Double game week versus single game week. And then there is that theory I'm talking about, Fabio Borges, so the world Hall of Fame number one or, or thereabouts, longtime great fantasy manager, often talks about how he never, when, when avoidable, never brings in players from lower half of the table teams. Just stick to top performing teams and, and ride the rotation where it might hurt you. And there are going to be a lot of people who get sucked into those lower half of the table teams for these double game weeks. Will it work out? Will it won't? Uh, I think, I think it really is going to come down to what, how we assess that form over the coming weeks. Yeah. It's just down to your assessment of a player's probability of returning in either one of the two game weeks. And then comparing that to the probability of a player hauling, uh, in the single game week. And I do certainly subscribe to the line of thinking that says, you know, if you're comparing a single game week player to a double game week player and you're thinking about taking out the single game week player for a hit, it's really a negative two, not a negative four that you're taking because you're counting on the appearance points over the two games for the double game week player. So theoretically, the floor is four Mm -hmm. points. Uh, I do subscribe to that, but it still comes down to you're still taking a two point hit to replace your single game week player. Uh, for a double game week player. So in this extreme example where we're comparing Bruno to McNeil, I think Bruno will outperform McNeil by at least two uh, in, in this coming game week. Now watch McNeil go and score a hat-trick and, and make me look It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, Chip. But, um, but you know, you, you're still doing that same math that you would in a regular game week. It's just that your hits are worth two instead of four. So yeah. there's a lower bar for for taking hits yeah uh last question for this chip strategy section then we'll take a break and come back and preview game week 27 is from producer zircan who asks as someone with only my bench boost left how screwed am i for the upcoming game weeks this kind of plays into everything that we just talked about shiv where you're you're really just at the mercy of the game at this point, if you don't have all your chips left and then, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, we can just sort of like let everyone with their chips, um, just shoot it out. And it's like, you know, maybe they, maybe they all end up, um, shooting each other to death. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, it's like every season finale of community where they have those amusing, amazing, uh, Western style shootouts with paintball, um, yeah. No, I, I think, Zerkan, you're not in a bad spot. Uh, all the tables, by and large, are from mid to lower table sides, besides the uh, Liverpool one. But presumably, you already have a decent number of Liverpool players on your on your team. So hopefully, the damage isn't too bad. And you know, just remind yourself that you did play these chips earlier in the season, and hopefully, yeah. the delta that you gained from playing them earlier is bigger than what you would have gained had you saved them and played them now. Uh, that's the yeah. only... You, you probably will get outscored by people who still have their chips, but it's all down to how much did they outscore you by and did your earlier use of the chip mean that you outscored them by more than that? Does that make sense? That makes total sense, Shiv. You, you know, a bird in the hand, et cetera, et cetera. If you still had your chips now, you probably would be uh, 10, 
to 25 to 30 points uh, lower in your OR and you'd be in a totally different mindset. It's either the points now or the points later. This was like my general uh, logic when I played my free hits around the festive fixtures as I was looking to bring in optimal captaincy options and and so on. Um, I don't think that I maximize the potential of the free hits in that moment, but I do understand that whatever ground I will gain I would have gained in the upcoming weeks with those chips. Um, I already had the opportunity to gain. So if I don't, that's just on me. Uh, now, now, now it's up to user can to play your own way. Maybe in, in those weeks where you feel like you don't have the advantage of a chip or double game weakers, you, uh, are forced to become creative with your captaincy, uh, and, and, uh, go differential and you can make up the points different that way. Uh, let's talk about how we might, uh, recalibrate and optimize for game week 27 shit. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about the Friday deadline, uh, kicking off with Southampton Norwich. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, Shiv, let's get into our game week 27 preview. God, we spent uh, so much time there sort of like thinking abstractly about multiple game weeks ahead. You must play the game week in front of you under your nose, though, Shiv. A quick note before we get into 27, though, is pay attention. There there are midweek fixtures, of course, in the Premier League, but there are also key midweek fixtures for the Champions League. Chelsea are hosting Lille on Tuesday. And Wednesday, Manchester United are away at Atletico Madrid. Uh, I mean, anything is possible in the round of 16 in the Champions League, Shiv. But what's your general temperature check on United as they head into this this UEFA tie? Feeling cautiously optimistic. Okay. I I think Atletico, I mean, obviously they're an outstanding side and, and they in recent history have done better than United have in the Champions League. But uh, I think this squad, especially with Pogba coming back in and Fred finally moving to the bench, hopefully forever, we can, uh, we can, we can string Merciless, together. my God. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I want, uh, by the end of this, I want people to be comparing uh, my, my Fred rant to Josh's, uh, Josh's, Josh's Sancho rant. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, Where cautiously are... optimistic, but mm-hmm. uh, who knows? We, I have no good way to read on. I have no yeah. good read on on this game. Yeah, yeah. So, as mentioned, uh, we want to call out the double game week for game week twenty seven. It is Burnley. Uh, they are away, Crystal Palace on Saturday, and then Tuesday, our home hosting Leicester City. Just looking at these fixtures, we've got the Friday kickoff, Southampton Norwich, and then a Saturday um, full of key fantasy fixtures with Leeds and Spurs playing, City going up against a lackluster Everton defense, Manchester United hosting a pretty terrible Watford side. 
who are, you know, they, to, to, to credit them coming off of a one nil victory against Aston Villa. What are the key fixtures here that jump out? Maybe, maybe it's not just from a fantasy perspective, but just from, from the league Shiv, what calls out to you? Yeah. And you know, Watford under uh, Hodgson, as much as I hate to admit it, they do look marginally better defensively. Yeah. And with Sar coming back, uh, you know, they might give Man United a run for their money. Uh, earlier in the season, we lost to them pretty embarrassingly, and Sar was at the, at the helm of that. So yeah. him coming back from injury uh, at this particular time is not, not great as a United fan. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how Burnley look against Palace because, like I said before, I think Palace are sort of on a downward trajectory or at least haven't been playing as well as they should have. I'm also really interested to see how Villa perform against Brighton because Villa have not looked as bad as their results suggest, at least by my eye test. And, uh, you know, I've, I've brought in Dina and he's not done anything from me since, since bringing him in, but he has been playing as basically a left winger. So, and you know, he continues to be on set pieces and he took a free kick that got close to goal. So I'm hoping that he can finally produce some sort of return there. Uh, or at least keep you know their first clean sheet since I've owned him because uh, Brighton's attack isn't isn't exactly intimidating. Yeah, we there is an Aston Villa reckoning coming. Just you know, and it may just be the whimper of them having a fixture in game week thirty. But Villa have have been a trap for a lot of FPL managers. All right, so fixtures uh, are many. Even though we've got the Arsenal, Chelsea. And Liverpool blanks, which is leading a lot of managers to free hit. We've got a couple of free hit questions here. Jonathan asks, how many additional points would you want in a free hit to make it worth it? So if I'm on the fence in terms of playing my free hit, Jonathan wants to know, is a plus minus of 12 or 15 points enough? I think like generally my understanding is, you know, from the people who are much more number savvy than I, is 20 points is 20 to 25 is, is sort of the tipping point for a, that was a successful chip played um, or it was um, not fully optimized. Shiv, I feel like you crunched some numbers for us here. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it really comes down to, I'm going to use the term Delta a lot to mean the difference between option A and option B. So yeah. it really comes down to what is the Delta that your free hit, is providing compared to your team as it currently stands. So, you know, for example, if you decide to free hit in game week 30, let's say you would have only had seven players and now you have 11. That's a delta of four players. Uh, Now, depending on the quality of players, you can map that out to, you know, 10, 15, 20 points. Um, Whereas if you free hit in a week where everyone plays double and let's say you would have had 14 players playing, by nature of the doubles and you free hit to get 22 that's a delta of eight but you know are you bringing in the highest quality players uh, especially in this game week where it's Burnley uh, who are who are doubling uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not convinced so it really is just kind of looking at your own team and mapping out what you think roughly each player will get and then comparing that to your free hit team I mentioned earlier, uh, my sort of ideal free hit squad would be three Spurs, three City, three Burnley, one United, and uh, and Jared Bowen. So if if we you know assume that that's the free hit squad that Jonathan's going to go with, 
-hmm. take the projected points for that team and just subtract it from your projected points for your current team. And uh, hopefully that delta is high enough that it's worth it over playing it in that massive bloodbath of a blank game week 30. <laughs> so if you think yeah. you'll have enough players to, 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 that you can swim and not mm -hmm. sink in game week 30, then you know, pull the trigger this week. Otherwise, yeah. um, wait, for, wait for game week 30 uh, is, is my advice. I thought our friend Sirtal Chai had a good way of framing this on his Twitter uh, at Sirtal uh, uh, Bilal. Uh, he says, if you're optimizing your free hit squad for 27, would you maximize expected points? Would you maximize expected gain? Uh, or would you look to minimize loss? So there are sort of like, if you're looking to play your free hit, what's the goal? And Sertalp is suggesting there are three possible goals for your free hit. Is it to kind of have the best team on paper and mac maximize the points or like your team in a vacuum? Option number two, are you looking to maximize expected gain, which would involve you looking at teams around you? You'd be looking either at effective ownership in your, you know, your overall rank band, or you'd be looking at teams in your mini league. And what kind of free hit squad can you put together to maximize the gain over those other managers that would involve you getting in some differential players that um, uh, that uh, other teams around you wouldn't have. And the third option is to minimize expected loss. Maybe you're like a craven, cowardly manager like myself. <laughs> and all you want to do is laugh and have fun with your friends uh, and, and not be damaged at all mentally. Uh, and, and you're looking to minimize expected loss. What that sort of means is every pick you're bringing in is probably the highest of effective ownership. You just want to have all the players that everyone around you has so you wouldn't slip and rank. So what's your what's your read on this, Shiv? Like if, what's your general strategy as a manager? Are you paying attention to managers and rank around you or are you generally just competing with yourself? Um, I'm trying to compete with myself. I, I try not to pay too much attention to the uh, to, to the highest ownership players around my rank band. Um, yeah. And so, in that sense, I am with the voting public on his uh, on his Twitter poll, where they say maximize expected points. Now, I know what he means. He doesn't just mean oh, just get the best players who get the most points. Yeah. Simple. FPL so easy. Um, he sort of means like. In, in a vacuum, looking at your team and looking at each player's probability of returning multiplied by their um, expected return amount in each case. So uh, I, I believe that's what he means by expected points, just based on knowing that he's a probability guy and, and I have yeah. a lot of probability theory training. So um, yeah. uh, that's sort of trying to get the, the, the most juice out of your players. Um, yeah. I also don't want to give. I don't want you to give yourself too bad of a rap on the minimize expected loss uh, thing because, uh -huh. especially this season, if you pick a perfectly template team, you're flying. So if yeah. you pick a team full of really high ownership players, you're you're probably going to do pretty well because no one has all of those players. Like yeah. certain players could be 100% owned or you know close to 80% owned. But no one has every high-owned player. So if every high-owned player hauls, um, even if it doesn't give each individual an incremental rank rise, you as the player who has all 11 high-owned players will get a massive rank rise uh, from right. that. So 
uh, it's, you know, the, the template gets a bad rap, and, and I think rightly so, but uh, it is just kind of reframing that discussion that even if they're high-owned players, no one has the same combination of those high-owned players as you do. All right, next question is actually in, in direct reference of the double game week, not necessarily the free hit. MG wants to talk Voot. It's Voot time, Shiv. MG has do we sell Watkins for, for Voot Veghorse or a nailed-on double game week player in 28 instead at this point? I think so, even for a hit. And I think the double game week discussion surrounding Burnley and Veghorse gets into our captaincy discussion as uh, Frankie on the Slack asks two words that I have never thought would make sense. Veghorse captain. All right. Give me a heat check on Veghorse double game week captaincy shout in game week 27. Yeah. I mean, Veghorse looked really good this weekend, which to me just proves that the more resistant you are to taking the vaccine, the better of an FPL player you are. <laughs> That's a sample okay. size of one. And, uh, <laughs> no, I'm obviously joking. Um, Double vaxxed and boosted here, so no, no, no anti-vax yeah, rhetoric on, on this Let's podcast. Yeah, but um, it's really hard to disagree with my buddy MG uh, on his question because I've had Watkins and it's been incredibly frustrating watching yeah. him uh, slowly decline and 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 be pushed further and further out onto the left to make yeah. room for the new shiny toy Coutinho and uh, and even Ramsey is getting more shine in the middle, um, whereas Watkins is looking more and more. Uh, sort of uh, peripheral to requirements. And so he got yeah. benched this week, and yeah. I think I'm I'm not sure I'm willing to gamble that he'll play again, even though they yeah. have a tasty double coming up. I would, uh, I'd rather go for the bird in hand, which is uh, Weghorst, than the hope yeah. that Watkins plays and re- re- retains his starting spot and will play in the double and will somehow find form during that double. There's a lot of ifs that, that yeah. need to happen for, for the Watkins uh, hold to materialize. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a bit of a sticky situation in that I need an 11th player. Uh, it's, it's the triple Liverpool plus Ben White that only leaves me with 10 players to start for game week 27. With one free transfer, I really want to bring in Veghorst because of everything that you've just said and the potential for Burnley in the upcoming weeks and the possibility that they, of course, play in game week 30. I just think there's a lot of um, marginal, you know, just to kind of go back to, you know, how I was trying to qualify. Well, you know, don't put all of your faith in these uh, bottom of the table teams, but. I think you, you you start to sort of flip the argument when you get to this part of the season and the teams as low as Burnley, who have everything to play for. They will need to score goals, and if Veghorst can deliver on the fur on the, on the form that he showed against Brighton, then then sure enough. So I'm looking to jettison Josh King for uh, for Voot Veghorst, but that still leaves me with just 10 players. So let me ask you this, Shiv. If you're in my situation where I use my one free transfer to bring in, I think, uh, uh, a generally high upside player for the double and 27 at Veghorst, should I take a minus four to then bring in uh, another player to fill out my squad or just take the zero? It's a tough one, uh, especially considering that you are or especially given that you're considering dropping Josh King. Now, he hasn't looked good, but, you know, to quote Josh from last week, it's really hard to look at someone who 
will be playing twice really soon and yeah. think about dropping him uh, in, order to, in order to fill a full 11. I probably would just for the upside of Weghorst. I kind of try and play through the situation in my mind. And if you're sitting on, uh, when is the last fixture? Tuesday, March 1st. If you're sitting on mm-hmm. Tuesday evening thinking, oh man, if I had just brought in Weghorst, I would be so much happier. Uh, you know, you want to minimize that expected. You want to minimize the probability that you're going to feel like crap. Ah, yes. Yeah, we, we, when we talk about stats and probability, we should also talk about mental health. I think that's a, that's yeah, a real X, thing. Yeah, XSAT, I believe, is the stat. <laughs> um, further on the captaincy discussion, Hancho Phil asks, is Sun a must-have uh, a must have playing against Leeds so much so that uh, it could be worth hitting him out, hitting KDB out for him? So I know you're big on Spurs right now, Shiv, because um, you're you're strongly considering getting Kane in. Uh, would you prioritize Kane over Son? I think the appeal of Son for a lot of managers is he's going to be a lot easier to get in than Kane. Kane would probably require moving some budget from from your midfield up front, probably a minus four to get Kane in. But if you talk about upside, you talk about differentials, a lot of people will uh, first and foremost have Sun. And if you're able to get Kane in for a minus four, that is a a minus four is always so much more palatable when you're ready to captain that player. So I think Kane in for a hit and then captain him is is definitely an option for Phil. What do you think, Shiv? Sorry, did you mean Sun in for a hit? Well, no, I kind of flipped it. I flipped it in that I'm saying, why so high on Sun? I mean, I I think you're justified to be high on Sun. He's looked uh, really good lately. And, uh, you know, he, he and Kane are sharing the attacking returns. I'm pitching to you, Shiv, that maybe Phil should consider Kane instead of Sun. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds really good to me because... The, the, there's such a lack of options at forward that we're yeah. all so quick to, to scramble and try and get one the moment they start hitting form and hope that we can, uh, to, to, to extend back to that Hawaiian metaphor, you know, ride that wave because they're so few and far between. Um, Consider this. I don't know if this illustrates this, but what we're looking at as we, as we careen toward game week 30 is a front three of Veghorst, Broha, and... Uh, Jimenez or Lacazette. Maybe Dennis gets to keep his place in there for some reason. I mean, do any of those strikers um, fill you with great hope and uh, enthusiasm? And that's kind of what you're looking at uh, with the sun, uh, the sun um, formulation of your team. It's not necessarily bad. It actually could could work out, but I think Kane becomes a more captainable asset for me than Son. I don't know yeah, if that's just no, a number I agree. nine it bias or what. It doesn't feel good to look at Laka and 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 think, oh, you're my only hope. Help me, Laka. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I agree with I agree with. Uh, it's a little more fun to to go with Kane. Uh, to tackle yeah. Phil's specific question, though, um, is it worth yeah. hitting in Son over KDB? Now, that's yeah. a very specific question. And so I, I'm, I'm going to try and break it down sort of probabilistically and see yeah. 
see where we land. So let's say this week, KDB has a 50% chance of blanking and a 50% chance of a haul of eight points. So his expected points is sort of five because 50% of two and 50% of eight give you uh, five. For Sun, let's say because he's playing leads, the probability of him blanking is only 25% and his probability of hauling is 75%. So when you, take, when you cross multiply that, it's an expected value of 6.5. So I'm not going to deny that Sun probably has a higher expected points than KDB. But is that difference in expected points worth a negative four? I'm going to have to go against the grain and argue no. In my you know, quick and dirty example, it seems that their difference in expected points is only 1.5. So you're taking a guaranteed minus four for an expected gain of 1.5. Now, does that mean it's impossible for the hit to be worth it? Of course not. The, you know, the odds of KDB blanking and Sun hauling in my dumb little example is you know, 37.5%. So that's still a good chance that it will work out in your favor. You're just betting that you'll be on the right side of probability mm -hmm. variance if you do that. Mm -hmm. So this yeah. isn't a strong no, but if you want me to apply my skill set that I use at work, the answer is going to be no, yeah. just based on the difference in expected points. If we do no on a technicality, yeah, exactly. But if we did that same analysis with you know Bruno versus McNeil that we were talking about earlier, McNeil's chance of hauling is so small that when mm -hmm. you calculate his expected points, it's probably worth it to keep Bruno even on a single. So that's the kind of high-level thinking that I like to apply whenever I'm considering a transfer mm -hmm. decision. So if it was Sun over someone else, it might be worth it. But Sun, uh, bringing in Sun for KDB for minus four, I, I think I would personally advise against it, just because KDB is awesome. Yes, KDB is awesome. And a further note on Manchester City is I think free hit squads are going to be chock-a-block full of City assets, and justifiably so, because um, Everton, they are away. Everton, Everton's defense is poor at this time. And City... Are on a they're already they already have a five nil lead on their Champions League tie, so they really don't have much to look for midweek. Uh, the following week, they can focus all of their energy and their strongest lineup um, on keeping their points difference between them and Liverpool at the top of the Premier League table. So I think their priority is definitely going to be that Everton match this weekend. I think Pep's going to field, you know, his his strongest eleven or, or something very close. To it, so I, I I like that. I think if you can free hit and have both KDB and Son and, and shoehorn Kane in there, and what were you saying about all of the highest scoring players? If I had all eleven of them, Shiv, I'd be flying right now. Yeah, just get that. the guys with the best points. <laughs> all right, let's wrap things up uh, with one final question. This one comes from James K, uh, who's getting a little, a little philosophical here to round out. The discussion James asks is looking at other teams in your mini leagues, the worst thing you can do in FPL from an enjoyment perspective. I don't care about overall rank, but I want to win my mini leagues against my mates. I actively try not to look at other people's teams each week as it makes me dislike watching games where a player is playing that a rival has, but I don't. This leads to a lot of misery. And I, this is, I think something that's really complicated for hardcore fantasy managers where you get into FPL because you love the Premier League or you love watching football. And what happens when 
you playing FPL starts to eat away at your ability to just sit down and enjoy watching a Premier League match on a Saturday or a Sunday, whenever it may be. So how do you, do you, is this something you struggle with, Shiv? Is, oh, man, is, yes, is, so much. Yeah, okay. um, I try not to, so first of all, delete Twitter. That's, uh, that's the uh-huh. biggest piece of advice I can give. I, uh, I try not to sort of follow what the meta game is doing or what people on the internet are doing because we've proven over and over again that this is just a very small subset uh, of people. They just happen to be the loudest. Um, but yeah, for example, watching that Tottenham Man City game this, this, uh, this weekend, I wasn't able to fully enjoy it because every goal that Spurs banged in, I was uh, cussing yeah. that my my double city defense was was suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's hard to it's hard to bifurcate uh, your enjoyment of the game with your enjoyment of FPL. But um, I, I the only advice I can give is is try to pay as little attention to other people's teams, and then you're yeah. only stuck with the misery of your own team doing badly, not of other people's teams doing well. I will say. I, bottling it up or avoiding it, the whole hide behind a couch, make another plan, that is, uh, that's a Band-Aid in my mind. The only way out, Shiv, is through. And I think to solve this problem of, of you know, being emotionally attached to players who, you, who your rivals have is you just have, you have to, like, make yourself watch. Like, you know that scene in A Clockwork Orange where the guy's, eyes uh, um, <laughs> are held open yes you have to do that to yourself you you it's not like you embrace the pain um you just have to or or dull the pain for yourself which would imply that you're caring less about your fantasy team as as it goes but um you kind of just have to lighten up honestly yeah so I'm going to throw another movie reference back at you. You're, yeah. So, Brandon, you basically are like the uh, Silas from The Da Vinci Code and just enjoy that constant whipping yourself on the back <laughs> and <laughs> watching your, your, your rivals soar. And I try to, I try to go the op- exact opposite way, you know, uh-huh. especially <laughs> after this, this trip to Hawaii where I didn't get to watch too many of the games because I was, yeah. um, it was, they were starting at 4.30 in the morning. So, you know, wake up the next day, check the score – it's not great, but then you go on a bike ride or, or uh, you know, brush your teeth, as we said earlier, yeah. and uh, take, do something to take your mind off, get some perspective, I think, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just a healthier, healthier mindset to be in. It is healthier, but it, the joy of winning is knowing where you came from and, and where you were. And if, it, if you were low, it will make the winning all that more satisfying. So if you're watching those Spurs players destroy your fantasy outcome. Uh, that's just going to make you work harder shit <laughs> to do better next season. Right. It, it's, it, yeah, so you can it's only the, enjoy the peaks of the mountains after you've hiked it physically. Yeah, if you were helicoptered yeah. on there, it wouldn't be as fun. Yeah. And if you disregard your failures as a fantasy manager, how can you learn from them? So, you know, look at them head on, uh, look them in the, in the eye and and do that. And I feel like we did that in this podcast, Shiv. Uh, we approached game week 27 and we had approached this insane number of fixture rearrangements head on, clear eyed. Uh, and, and I hope we, we learned a little bit. It's definitely like I 
I am very much am in my comfort zone where we could just talk about the matches. And, you know, I'm looking at this one player for this one game week right now. Unfortunately, we're at this point in the season where we just have to commit to to looking at multiple game weeks and a lot of different players and create a long term strategy. And in a couple of weeks, I think we can sort of settle in and into into the groove. But Shiv. Thank you so much for joining us on Always Cheating. Was it every, everything you hoped it would be? And then some. See, this last 10 seconds is exactly um, how I know I'm dealing with a professional because we were approaching this weird philosophical discussion and you managed to bring it right back to FPL, <laughs> get us transitioned to the outro. Yes. And uh, yes. yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on, Brandon. This was, uh, yes. this was such a pleasure. I, I really enjoyed chatting with you and I hope that the, uh, the listeners can get even one small morsel of, of, uh, of information from this chat. Um, don't follow me on Twitter or social media. I have nothing to plug. I just uh, came here for a good time. Absolutely. Fantastic, Shiv. So if you want to, once again, say thanks to the cheaters and participate in our FPL community, visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating. I inserted this little siren sound effect in the background to emphasize <laughs> patreon.com slash always cheating. That's a way to say thanks, support what we do and get uh, access to more FPL content, prize leagues, etc. Now is the time in which we thank our producers and Shiv Full disclosure, you are a producer, and we thank you for your loyal service to this podcast. Will you also do us the pleasure of reading off all of the other producers who we thank each week? Sure. Um, I'm sorry if I, in advance if I butcher any of the uh, pronunciations. I do it to your name every week, Shiv, <laughs> so it's only fair. So Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T., The Big Gaffer, Baba Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Krant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal. Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg Skogang, Andy Portluck, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Mikey Uong, Bruce Kerr, Sam Shower, Rich Evans, Future Media Group FBL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Morjaria. There he is, that man. <laughs> Ron Frost, AJ, Jeremy Spiller. Lazarus, yet you know us. Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, Caleb Robbie, Todd Byerly, Alper yeah. Paxoy, Martin. You're doing o great, Shiv. <laughs> Keep going. Martin, Martin Opseth, Lee Hickman, uh, Valger Pison Kruger. There you go. <laughs> Jazz Binning, Francis Moore, managed by Lasso, James Keatley, Keegan Walsh, The Saint, FML Pessimist, and Zerkan. This felt like well. a karaoke performance. I'm, uh, you know, going to start yeah. busting out some M&M, some mom spaghetti. Yeah. Now we have to set that to the tune of it's the end of the world uh, <laughs> as we know it. Um, but I think that, that fantastic. Thank you to all our producers. Uh, remember, rate, review, subscribe to Always Cheating, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media, wherever you get that. Find all this information and more at alwayscheating.com. Good luck in Game Week 27 and the midweek fixtures to come. I'll end by saying Poku forever. I give you the last word, Shiv. Embakani forever. Fucking nailed it. <laughs>